What is good, everyone? Deanna here with Label Free Podcast. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your man doesn't carve his pants pumpkins when he's grooming, if you know what I mean. Make sure he's keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth edition performance package. Ladies, do we really want to cuddle up with a dude who isn't trimmed? I know I don't. My man's keeping it tight. Get him to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Help him join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LABELFREE20. Again, go to manscaped.com and use the code LABELFREE20 for 20% off and free shipping. What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I have a very cool guest joining us from Pasadena, California. He has his doctorate in clinical psychology. He's got a book coming out very soon. He's also a podcast host of A Little Less Fear. Please welcome Lino Martinez. Yay, so awesome (laughs) to be here on your show. And I love, 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 love a label-free podcast. I love that title, by the way. How did you come up with it? That actually, so my best friend, Julie, who you've met uh, or spoken to, her and I were, t- I told her, so I actually got an article, an email, okay, emailed to me and I read it. It was like how to start a podcast for under a hundred dollars. And I just wrapped up my fashion career. I was like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I'd rather just dress like in the clothes instead of making the clothes. Um, and so I told her, <laughs> I told her my idea, like, I don't want to, I, I hate labels. I'm tired of people putting labels. You know, I dress yeah. very, I just very sexy, but I'm not like, I don't sleep around. Okay. Like I do have standards, but I have a good body. Like I'm going to show this off. Like God gave it to me. Thank you. Um, So we had talked about that and, you know, we came up with label free and, um, and then she actually came up with the slogan. So we talked about my idea and then that's where, that's where that derived from. Yeah, and when I saw a label-free podcast, I mean, right away I thought I would love to be on this podcast. And just coincidentally, a week before, I believe I reached out to you, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. A week before I reached out to you, I had done an episode on um, how I don't identify with a certain identity. Because there's just so many different identities that are within this body. And it would just be ridiculous to be able to identify or even represent just one. So uh, the title of that episode was I represent humanity because I feel like I represent humanity as a whole other rather than all these tiny little identities that I have that encompass this body. I love that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like that, uh, that idea. So um, tell us a little bit about your podcast and this book that you've got coming out. Yeah. So I wrote a book about a year ago. Um, it's my memoir. It's a story about my entire life from the time that I was born to now. Um, reason being is because uh, I was born with a really rare genetic disease called Munkelwell syndrome, and it's statistically one in a million in the United States. Um, it took me 36 years to find a diagnosis in which I'd been going in and out of the hospital since I was born, since I was a baby. Yeah. Um, in the last 10 years, I've had over 40 surgeries, uh, believe it or not. I know it sounds ridiculous and exaggerated, but it really is that ridiculous and that exaggerated. Um, I lost my urinary bladder, I have a feeding tube, and I even lost my voice for two years. I had to learn sign language, I went to school, I was losing my hearing, I had hearing aids. And um, through all that, I just learned so much. And so many times I had doctors and nurses be like, wow, you had a crazy life and and you still keep going, like you should write a book. 
So I always heard that all the time. You should write a book. And I thought, you know, what a best time to write a book, but during the pandemic. So I spent the time during the pandemic writing the books, writing my book and putting pictures of all the the gruesome pictures. They're pretty gruesome. But I included pictures of a lot of my surgery scars and um, incisions and stuff so that people can know what it's like to have even just one surgery. Right, right. And um, in through all the suffering that I gone through, I actually became my strongest self. And um, yeah, that's with that came the thought of me having a podcast. I thought, well, you know what? Nobody knows anything about me. I've spent the last 11, 12 years in the hospital. So I need to build a name for myself. I created a podcast called Little Less Fear Podcast. And that title came from me literally having fear. And me having fear coming out as transgender, me having fear coming out as a disabled person, me having fear coming out as hard of hearing and not being completely fluent in sign language. Um, just so much fear that was going on. And I thought, you know what? Fear causes cancer. Fear causes yeah. all kinds of bad stuff. And with just a little less fear, I can do this. So I would tell myself this, a little less fear, let's do it. So I just, I came up with the slogan, the logo, the pictures, the colors, and I just kept going from there. And here I am on your show and I'm really, really grateful being here. Thank you so much. We're, I'm very happy and honored to have you. You mentioned a lot of things there that are, you know, I think a lot of people might consider it controversial um, and yeah. are just hard to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for having the courage to start talking about your story because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can identify with that and you can encourage them to, yes. to live in live in a place of courage and not so much fear. So I don't know right. which one you'd like to talk about first. You know, I mean, being a transgender is, I know that that's very rough. I, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I follow some people on Instagram and I, and I see some of the stuff that they get, you know, they get tormented by people online, which, you know, yeah. I think that's such a cowardly thing. Like, don't you have something better to do with your time than a, to attack someone else? Like I would never, yeah. I would never. So, you know, like, I think that it's important for someone to to tell their story around that. Yeah. You know what? Another reason why I decided I wanted to, because there was a, there was a time when I I started my transition exactly, exactly seven years ago, this past May um, at 34 years old. And, um, but before I get into that, what made me want to have a little less fear about my gender identity and coming out as a trans man is a standup that I saw by on online on Netflix by Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle said, am I allowed to mention artists? Of course, yeah, go for it, yeah. He said something about transgender, making fun of transgenders actually. And he said, you know, something along the lines of, I don't understand transgenders. It's not like one day I'm gonna wake up and be like, I feel Asian, so now I'm gonna be Asian. And I thought, you know, wow, this guy, I can't believe he said that, like it hurt. And it also just made him look so ignorant and and sound so ignorant. But I sent him with blessings. You know, that night I prayed for him and I said, you know, I really hope this guy can can see a little more peacefully and and something can have him open up his heart and his mind than to to be addressing millions of people making fun of transgender. That's just wrong. There's all kinds of wrong in that. And the only way I can explain it is um, you've I'm sure you've met people that are left handed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You cannot make a left-handed person be a right-handed person, period. Maybe they'll be ambidextrous if you beat them over the head from the time they're little kids, right with your right hand. Do this with your right hand. But there's going to be an eventual an eventual favoritism towards their left hand if they're born that way. Yeah, That's the way they're born. Their brain is born that way. People that feel a certain way, that's how they're born. It's like, to me, it was a, it was a no-brainer when I 
when I decided to transition because it was either my happiness or other people's happiness. And I spent my whole life being somebody else. I spent my whole life um, being a lesbian, actually, and, and teeter-tottering between men because so many people would say, hey, how do you know that you're lesbian if you haven't been with a guy? Right. And my family even sent me to a psychiatrist to make me straight. They said that my high school counselor told them that. Wow. So I was like, wow, you know, and I just I, I just went through so much torment with even liking girls. And to me, the very, very first thing that was natural to me was I believe I was maybe five or six years old and I was obsessed in love and had a big crush on Madonna. And I didn't just like Holiday or Lucky Star or Borderline. I mean, I liked her. I was a little girl back then, a cute little petite girl. But I would look at her lips and the way she would dance. And I had an attraction towards her. I was like, wow, you know, like. I would hear my older brother be like, she's hot. And then I'd be like, she's hot, you know? And then I'm like, wait, I can't talk that way. I'm a girl, you know? Yeah. But um, that was what was natural to me was liking women. And then when I became a teenager, my parents and friends and family and everybody was like, try a guy, try a guy. After getting my heart broken with a female, I was like, fine, I'll try a guy. So I would try men and I was like, no, still like women, you know? And then they're like, maybe he's not the right one. Okay, well, let me try this other guy. Mm, I still like girls. But through the through the dipping in with men, I feel that by default, I became bisexual, Okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's kind of like, try this hamburger. I don't like meat, but keep trying it. Eventually, you'd be like, yeah, this kind of tastes not doesn't taste so bad after all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I still have a preference. I mean, I and to be super duper honest with you on your show, I actually haven't had sex and been with anybody in seven years since I started my transition. Yeah, um, one girl kissed me, and that was... A, a drunken kiss that she she kissed me and I don't even count that because I wasn't into her I don't even know who she, I didn't know her that well <laughs> you were gonna say you didn't even know who she was <laughs> yeah I almost did I almost did because I I don't even it was hey like, let's just be real sometimes you have those one night <laughs> you know like come on it happened yeah, so that was like five years ago but I've I've used the last seven years of my life to be reborn again and to appreciate my manliness, to appreciate my hairy body, my my deeper voice, the fact that I can now be the boy that I've always wanted to be. I missed out on being a boy from birth through 10, from a teenager, a 20s, even early 30s. I don't, I missed out on all of that. So I'm making up for that very slowly, very gently by going to the gym having healthy experiences with men, even having guy buddies. I didn't have guy buddies before because lo and behold, when you're a girl, guess what the guys want to do? They want to have sex with you. Oh, yeah. So I never had that authentic guy friendship. Yeah. And now I can have authentically have men's and friends that aren't, they're not trying to hook up with me. Well, we're actually talking and you're not opening the door to have sex with me. That's wonderful. So yeah, it's been, it's been really, um, it's been really fascinating. And at the same time, troublesome being a man, at 41 years old and yet still feeling like I'm in my early 20s. Hey guys, Deanna here with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. If you're anything like me, you're a bit overwhelmed by all the teeth whitening products on the market. This next sponsor has provided me with some very interesting facts to pass on to you. Fact number one, teeth whitening does not whiten your teeth. It removes the stains and restores the tooth to its natural color. Natural colors vary per person, but for most, it's an off-white or slight, slightly yellowish undertone. Fact number two, teeth whitening does not damage teeth, but it does temporarily dehydrate. When dehydrated, the pores in the enamel are open and exposed. Open pores invite acids and sugars, which, as we all know, lead to tooth decay. 
Avoid or minimize acidic and sugary substance for at least 24 hours after whitening. Also avoid staining substances as the teeth are more susceptible to restaining during this period. Fact number three, tooth sensitivity is the result of tooth dehydration. When the pores of the enamel are open, the teeth become dehydrated, exposing the nerve to the elements. As the tooth rehydrates, the sensitivity will dissipate. To accelerate the rehydration and curb sensitivity, use a post-whitening application known as remineralization or desensitizing gel. Fact number four, caps and veneers cannot be whitened because they do not have pores for the stains to latch to. Prior to having dental work, you should whiten your teeth restoring them to their natural color as the dentist will be color matching to your current shade. Fact number five, the key to teeth whitening is the delivery device. So long as a whitening product is a peroxide based whitener, it will remove the stains. What differentiates one product from the next is device that holds the whitening agent to the tooth without interruption. Whitening strips neglect the crevices and molars and they slide on your teeth. Saliva floods the generic trays because they are bulky and do not create a seal. And that's something I used to use. So it's good to know this. And you likely did not know this, but LED lights are novelty items that add no benefit. You need a high output UV light only found at the dentist. Don't fall for the gimmick. If you insist on a light that does not work, get one on Amazon for under $15 or under $5, whatever. The number one whitening device recommended by dentists is a custom fitted tray. You can have your dentist make your trays for three to $500, or you can head on over to www.smilebrilliant.com and use their lab direct mail-in process for a fraction of the price you would pay at the dentist. Oh, and if you grind your teeth at night, you can also purchase the Smile Brilliant custom fitted night guards once again for a fraction of the price the dentist charge. Once again, that's www.smilebrilliant.com and use coupon code FREE for 30% off for an exclusive discount by Label Free Podcast. All right, you guys, happy teeth whitening. Like you said, you reborn, you're starting your life all over again, and it's an opportunity, you know? I look at it like an opportunity. I mean, we had this conversation before we started recording, yeah. and I didn't. I had to go through a different type of transition from losing my, my whole life I built <laughs> over the course of half of my life for my husband passing away. That's like... That was like a whole transition, like freaking journey, like all, I mean, it was wild. And I, I'm still in it. I'm in my first serious relationship in the last, for the, for the last five years now. So I'll, the first wow. one, because only because, <clears throat> first of all, when you go from being married and being single in this day and age, which I'm sure you know, it's very, very, diff it's very different. I was with my husband Crazy. for almost half my life when he passed. Like I met him at 23 so like, oh, man, you are, you pretty much are starting over too. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But I've got, I've met a great man. He's awesome. I love him to death. He is the sweetest man I've ever met. Just, and he's also very alpha. I like alpha, but, um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm alpha too though, but we get a lot, like, I like that. I like someone to challenge me and I'm sure I think he likes that I challenge him. So it's good, you know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that it's, it's kind of an, I look at it as a positive opportunity when you have, when you have the chance to start things over, as Absolutely. long as you make it a positive opportunity. Yes. I think it could go either way. Right. It can, it totally can. Yeah. yeah. So. 
So do you have like, with that being said, with what you're going through right now, I mean, um, mm -hmm. what are some of the messages that you'd like to leave with anyone that might be teeter tottering or that gone through it? You know, I mean, cause you're a little bit further along in your journey than possibly mm -hmm. a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, one of the most important things that I can tell people who are teeter tottering or thinking about it is first don't don't compare yourself to others' journeys because everybody's journey is individual. And because it's so individualistic, it's very unique to you and nobody else. And it's very important also um, just to, to, to make sure that when somebody does try to transit, when they begin their transition, it is a good idea to go to therapy before, you know, some people are like, well, why do I need therapy? Or I've read, I read on social media, people, I don't need therapy for someone to tell me how to be like, no one's going to tell you how to be. Someone's going to sit there and listen to you. And sometimes you need to hear yourself saying it because yeah. writing it down or talking to other people is different than when you actually confess it and say, wait, is this true to me? Do I really feel this way? Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, um, I tiptoe with that as well, because there's a lot of kids that I feel that they want to transition so young, like 15, 16, but it's like, whoa, hold up a minute. Like to get to know yourself a little more, enjoy life outside your identity. And yeah. then things will start open up, you know, open, learn to love yourself first. I absolutely love that message. And I feel like that is very, very good advice because I can't even imagine the diff the, the dynamics around having to go through something like that and to be at a young age and do that when you're not even really fully grown and yeah. you haven't really experienced life yet. You don't even know who you are. Like who I was at 20 was so different than who I was at 30. Uh, who I am now in my forties is so different than who I was in my thirties. Like you really, and it took a long time for me to love myself. Yeah. It took a long time for me to love myself and I could, I'm very confident. Don't get me wrong, but they, we do, we do have self-sabotaging behavior and I I've done some of that, you know, in a way that wasn't so detrimental to myself, but I acknowledge it now, you know, I can mm -hmm. look back and say, Oh, wow. You know, I really wasn't loving myself back then. I really wasn't surrounding myself with the, the great people. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeding myself positive things and my soul and taking care, you know, just like all of that, you know, and, and you're, you're Buddhist, right? So like, there's a spiritual component that comes in as well, mm -hmm. because you can't go get, you can't go against that grain either. You know, you right. make sure that you are in line with, with your true beliefs. But when you're that young, how do you know what your true beliefs really are? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we can talk about this forever. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I can. I know I can. I, I feel like um, it's a really challenging topic with people that are teens and even in their early 20s, especially in this generation. I find that there's a lot of entitlement going on. It's like nobody tells me how to be or who to be. And it, it's just things have changed. So it, it, you really have to walk on eggshells a lot of the time because mental health is real serious right now. It's always been serious, but it just seems more with ever since social media and the internet went booming that it just opened up more doors for people to be, have more anxious anxiety. So it's, it's, it's challenging, but I definitely think people should have a therapist or psychologist, psychiatrist of some sort. If you're, if you're thinking of change, I mean, anybody needs therapy period. But yeah. Even so when you're going to change your identity, because there's, there's more to just changing your identity. I mean, you got to change your body and, and mentally you got to be ready for it. And it's just, there's a lot of preparation to go with it. 
I believe in therapy too. I think it's very important to process yourself. You know, yeah. even if you're good, bad, or indifferent, whether you're having a great time in your life, you're having a, you know, you're having a hard time, you're struggling in life, like right. just to go and to talk to someone that has like no opinion on your life whatsoever. And, but right. just to process, process different things, you know, and, yeah. it's, and it's good. Even like, if you're having a good streak in life, everything's great. Like, oh yeah, this, that, the other thing, it's even good to go then because then you can identify the, the constants in your life that has making it, making it so great at that moment, you know, and you can try to recreate that over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, so, I, I'm a big believer in therapy. I think it's so good because yeah, it's necessary. You know, people think that they know it all. We don't, you don't know it all. <laughs> I don't right. know. it all. I know nothing. <laughs> I felt, um, I mean, I, I really give praise to people that do change their their identity, their gender, um, male to female, female to male, because it's not a, it's not an easy road, especially, I mean, at a later age, I feel that um, the challenge that I was faced with was also going, having a disability and a progressive genetic disease at the same time when I decided to transition. And um, to me, it was life or death. Like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a short life because of this disease, do I want to live the rest of my life in the female body to please the world? No. I mean, that was like, putting on a costume every day it was exhausting yeah. i mean my closet was like female clothes and male clothes females whenever i see guys or whenever i see my mom or my dad or my brother and then male clothes when i'm home to be me and it was like wow it was just it was it's really exhausting to live a dual life and um now life for me is a lot more peaceful i can just put on a shirt and i mean i've had a, i've had all the surgeries i've had a double mastectomy x-ray my scars my feeding tubes you can tell not so bad. Yeah, it's my feeding tube. So, um, yeah, I I know that I already had gone. I knew that I already had gone through enough surgeries, um, for a healthier life for uh, to help aid in the progressive genetic disease. But I was willing to go through more pain to have a sustainable body, and having that sustainable body was me being true to myself, and that would be me taking my breast off. That would mean me having a complete hysterectomy. That would mean me having a small penis. Like whatever it is, like even though I went through all those other surgeries, um, they were they were different surgeries, different type of pain for different type of purpose. But now you found a doctor that was able to, to help you with your genetic disease, correct? Isn't that what you told me? I did. Luckily, um, you know what's crazy is I had this immunologist that initially I gave her my genetic report and in it, it's, it told her how to treat me, the type of medication that was out there, a specific biologic, also known as an immunosuppressant. But she was gung-ho in her head that I had something else and she wasn't starting me on that medication. And within two years of me going to see her every three months, things were progressing. My energy was getting worse. I had lost my voice. I had masses in my larynx. Like I couldn't even talk. And she still said, you know, I'm sorry. I just think you have something else. So, and then the reason I'm sharing this story is to give people hope that anytime there's there's a detour, anytime that there's a wall, a block, that only means that there's going to be a detour to something better. And I learned that the hard way because after all that, I, I realized I was I was in so much pain, and I thought, you know what? Because of this doctor, this was this is these are the things that went through my head, and it's in my book. And note before I finish telling you the story that I have forgiven her and I've moved on. 
But I was very upset because I thought, you know what, this doctor's not putting me on the right medication. I'm giving her the paperwork, the medication she's supposed to treat me with. And what's happening in this last two years, I'm losing my voice. I can't work. I can't have a job. I mean, you need you need a voice to work. I know I got to learn sign language. I was very upset. So I tried to um, I tried to sue her. But they, they actually told me that I, I waited too long. They're like, why'd you wait two years? And I was like, well, because I've had masses in my larynx and I had this surgery and I had this right. and that. I haven't had right. time. And they said, unfortunately, you have to sue her within six months of her not treating you. And I was like, six months? It's been two years. Sorry, no can do. So rather than getting super duper pissed, I just remember putting all my paperwork down and taking a deep breath and being like, you know what? There's got to be a reason for all of this, period. Yeah. There, there's, there's always a reason for everything. So um, I decided to go back to UCLA and I met with this doctor that told me, hey, you know what? I think I found your match. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, there's a new doctor here and he happens to know a lot about rare genetic diseases. And I was like, really? Okay, cool. So I met with the doctor who's saved my life, by the way. He's amazing. Dr. Manesh Butte, shout out to you. I love you. Anyway, so it happens that he knows the doctor that discovered my disease. And wow. I mean, sure enough, he's like, yeah, he was like, you know what? There's no reason why I shouldn't put you on this medication. But before we put you on this medication, you have to have a bunch of other surgeries first. Like I had masses in my larynx that needed to be coming. I had three of them. They needed to come out. And uh, they had found stage three cervical cancer cells in my cervix. They're like, well, you know, you need a hysterectomy. And I was like, good, get rid of it. I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm not going to have babies. (laughs) I I don't need any of that. (laughs) So, um, all of that took about a year and a half before I was actually able to be put on the right medication because I had to go through a series of three surgeries and then I had to go to healing time. And finally, yeah. when I was put on the right medication, my voice started coming back and I got stronger. I mean, just doors started opening up for me. So I realized anytime that there's a wall that you're hitting, there's a reason for you. There's a reason for that wall to hit so hard yeah. and you have to move around it. There's always going to be an answer. Yeah. I love that. That was great. Um, before we start wrapping things up, Lino, are there any, um, actually, can you plug all your links? Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? You go to your podcast, all that great stuff. Yeah, you can go on my website at www.alittlelessfear.com. You can also hit me up with an email at www. I'm sorry, at a little less fear at gmail.com. And um, my podcast is also called The Little Less Fear Podcast by Dr. Lino Martinez. And it's on Spotify, iTunes, Alexa, Google Podcasts. And uh, yeah, my Spanish one episode starts today. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the description of the episode. Um, Did you want me to call you Dr. Lino? I've just been calling you Lino. (laughs) You can call me whatever makes you comfortable. Oh, okay. All right. Well, before we wrap things up and say goodbye, are there any last words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to leave with the audience? Yeah. um, And this goes because uh, you inspired me again with the title of your podcast, um, Label Free Podcast. I wrote down how much of your identity is a label. And I wrote this down because um, I want listeners to know that your identity is not who you are inherently. If you set all those identities aside in a corner, who are you left with? You You are left with your eternal light. And that is your pure being. And that is pure bliss. And that is love. So don't forget to spread the love. Woo! Yes! Spread the love, baby. Yeah. Spread the love. I'm all about the love. Love, love, yeah. love, 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 love. Absolutely. Positivity, love, bliss, all of it, abundance, like yes. all of it. I love it all. 
Thank you. With that being said, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live, to live your best life, you must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share, follow, all that good stuff. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.